0: Welcome to The New Man Podcast, a show for brave men to experience freedom in their faith, sexuality, and relationships. The goal, to provide practical tools and timeless principles that help you become the man you were made to be. And now, your host, Sathya Sam. Uh, welcome, everybody. Welcome to The New Man Podcast. My name is Sathya Sam. I'm the host of this lovely show where we are talking about all things men uh particularly in the areas of sexuality and freedom in general and faith as well so that's really what we're about and you know i really only have one mission and that's to help guys live their lives with integrity and confidence what's going on grant nice to see you man uh thanks for uh for loving the chat hope you're doing well um so, you know, the New Man Podcast, uh, we've been going pretty strong here. We're actually encroaching on 100 episodes, which is nuts. Uh, we didn't start too long ago here, but, uh, but here we are. And, you know, um, this is the only weekday show in the recovery, the porn addiction recovery space. Um, so we're releasing episodes here Monday to Friday, week in and week out. And it's been a lot of fun. And we've had some stellar interviews lately. I'm really excited about that part. And I'm just I'm getting to connect with other ministries out there and other organizations that are doing unbelievable work. It's been a lot of fun. So um, this is fun. This is really really cool. Uh, so look today uh, the, for the live, we're gonna go right into it. And um, I'm really excited to do more of these lives because I really believe that with time, as uh, as more people start to attend these, um, it, it'll just be fun to hear some of your questions and interact with you guys. You know, that's probably the one fallback of the podcast experience is that you hit record in your studio, you're alone and then you release the episode and then you know you'll get some comments, you can watch the listener statistics and those are all great. I'm not against any of those things, but it's different when you can actually just interact with people live and really get to know them and put names to faces and all that kind of stuff. And so I'm I'm looking forward to that and I want to encourage you guys if you're listening to the replay of this Come to the lives, we're going live on Clubhouse and we're going live on TikTok, uh, sorry, not on TikTok, on Instagram, maybe TikTok someday, um, but Instagram and uh, it'd be lots of fun. So thanks Whitney for the comment. really appreciate it and um, nice to see you guys. So for today's episode, we're talking about the five love languages and if you haven't heard of these uh, five love languages, your mind is about to be blown, I can pretty much guarantee it. To give a little bit of background, the five love languages was discovered by a clinical psychologist. His name is Dr. Gary Chapman. Um, He's from somewhere in the States. I don't know where exactly, somewhere in the South. And he found this years ago. And basically what he discovered is that in his practice, he is constantly dealing, you know, with um, basically relationship issues. And he found that even when an individual came to him, and talked about their problems, almost always it somehow went back to their relationship issues. So he started to get curious about what actually leads to a healthy and successful relationship. And along the way, he discovered that there are five primary ways that people experience love. Because it really always boiled down to, do you feel loved by your spouse or by your partner? And sometimes the answer was yes, sometimes the answer was no. And what he found is that when the answer was yes, it was usually because love was being expressed in one of five ways. And these five ways eventually became what we now know as the love languages. And these five love languages, honestly, like his book, he I heard him on a podcast probably about a year and a half ago. And he said that his book sells more copies every single year, which is unheard of. That does not happen. Usually you sell a bunch of copies up front and then you have a, you know, if you're lucky, you'll get a stream of a residual income from uh, you know some sort of regularity in your sales, but the idea of selling more every single year just does not happen. But that's how impactful this book has been. Now, for uh, we're talking about multiple decades. I think the book has been around for twenty plus years. I might not be right about that, but it's it's something like that. It's it's been um, yeah, it's 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 had some legs to it for sure. So what we're gonna do today is we're gonna go through the love languages and i personally believe, believe that while they are useful for relationship health and healing they're also very applicable on a personal level so most often you hear the love languages discussed in a uh, sorry a relationship context but i have found that they have a very profound application in a recovery context and that's really what we're going after today now it goes without saying that if you can apply the five love languages Only in your relationships, it is going to affect your journey to freedom because healthier relationships will always strengthen you along the way to recovery. So one way or another, it's a win. Uh, But today, what we're going to kind of look at and explore is more what it looks like in a recovery context. So for starters, the five love languages are words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch acts of service, and gifts. Those are the five love languages that Gary Chapman has identified that basically you and I communicate, uh, communicate love in these five ways. And when I say communicate, I mean that we both give love and receive love through one of those five methods. Now, it should be very clear up front that how you give love might not necessarily be the same as how you receive love. So it's not necessarily one and the same if you love getting gifts. It doesn't mean that you love giving gifts as well. Um, they, they are different and our profiles have two sides of the coin. Where we always start though, is how do you receive love? That is always the question because in some ways you can't actually fully control how people express their love to you, but you can always control how you receive it. And if you better understand the ways that you receive love, then you can actually communicate those needs and those desires in your relationships and increase your chances of those needs getting met. And that is always going to be a win. Remember, in the recovery journey, in the recovery conversation, the question is always, can you get your needs met in a healthy way? And what we're doing here at Deep Clean is we teach guys to identify their needs because sometimes we don't even know what it is that we need. And then we teach them to find healthy ways to meet them. And that's where the five love languages comes in really handy. So like I mentioned, if you can take care of the relational distress through the love languages, that's gonna be a huge win because it means that you're gonna get your needs met in a healthy way. And it's gonna give you a really good chance for you to um, to then just be more content and ultimately engage in healthier behaviors. Uh, but on a second level, there are ways where you can apply the love languages on a very personal level. So you can kind of apply them in your day-to-day life, your day-to-day routines and rhythms, and it's gonna give you a chance to actually get your needs met, even without other people. Because like we said, um, how you how you go about this really comes down to control. What are the things you can and cannot control? That's kind of what we're interested in first And foremost so here's what i mean by this okay i'll use myself as an example my top two love languages are quality time and words of affirmation i think words of affirmation actually has an edge but it honestly just depends on the day Uh, sometimes it's one over the other they're very close now here's what this means sometimes it's actually helpful to look at what aren't my love languages so physical touch and gifts are very very low so we didn't receive a lot of gifts growing up. Uh, so that's probably partially why. And to be honest, we didn't receive a lot of physical touch growing up either. So maybe that has something to do with it. I, I don't know exactly why, but those things are both uh, at the bottom of the list for me. So somewhere in the middle is acts of service. Um, I do generally feel love when people do things for me, but it's not really the way I feel the most loved. The way I feel the most loved is when people speak words of encouragement, positive words over me, and when people spend their undivided attention on me. So that's just in conversation, time together around a dinner table, whatever it is, I love undivided attention. It just means the world to me or quality time. Now, the the other thing you want to we want to note here is that your love languages everybody receives love all five ways, but what the profile does is it allows you to identify Which ones help you receive love the best? Danny Silk, who's kind of a relationship expert, guru, counselor guy, he talks about how we all have a love tank. And our job is to keep our love tank full. So this is where knowing your love languages is helpful because for me, as an example, like where receiving gifts is low, if you give me a gift, that might put a little bit of fuel in the love tank. But if you write me a letter With some encouraging words that is going to fill it right up, or it's going to make a much more bigger impact than my lower life language, uh, love language profile. So that's kind of the, the idea there. And this is where knowing your top two love languages is really, really helpful. And it's helpful to communicate this in the relationship. So, you know, if you can, you can just imagine being with somebody whose top love languages are physical touch and gifts, and yours are quality time. And words of affirmation that's not the case in my own marriage um, i'm actually very fortunate to have the same profile as my wife that's very rare but um generally speaking usually it's opposites and so understanding that oh okay my spouse needs this to feel loved can go a long way it can go a long way to just again keeping the relationship healthy you getting your needs met and you being much less likely to engage in porn and other things like that as a result so that is really the value of uh, knowing your love language profile. Now on a personal level, uh, what we always encourage our guys is to, is to do is to try to create avenues and opportunities where you are not dependent on somebody else to get your needs met. We want guys to take full responsibility at all times as much as possible. So in a love language context, what that may look like is for somebody like me who loves words of affirmation, it might mean revisiting other times where people spoke encouraging words. So it's not like this thing of, oh, I'm, um, I'm in a state of distress. I'm not feeling great about myself. I'm gonna reach out and say, hey, can you just give me some encouragement? I mean, there might be relationships where you can do that, but it doesn't have to be that way. What we encourage people to do instead is find ways that you can actually meet those love languages, satisfy those love languages on your own. So I actually have a document, it's about 280 pages long. The table of contents alone is probably about 20 pages. It's very long. And anytime people have spoken words of encouragement, words about my destiny, words about my future, I've written them down. So when I've been really distressed, when I've been struggling uh, with my worth or my, my self-confidence, when I'm not feeling loved, I revisit that document. It's there for me. And it's it's filling my love tank in a really efficient kind of manner. I only have to read a couple words and I feel like king of the world again. You know, I feel like I can just take the world and do whatever it is I need to do. And that is, that is the beauty of again, knowing your love languages, knowing your needs, your needs rather, and then finding healthy ways that you can get them met. It's really, really powerful. So another example is quality time. Now quality time generally involves another person, but all of us have at least a tiny bit of an introvert within us. It might be really small for some of you extreme extroverts, uh, somewhere in the middle if you're kind of uh, an ambivert like I am, or maybe you're very introverted and you really value your alone time. So if that's the case, then what I really encourage people to do, uh, so in in my case, I'm a quality time guy. I'm not super introverted, a, a little bit. you know, My introvert's there, but it's not predominant. But I schedule a little bit of time every week for me to just be alone, to just get some quality time with myself where I am left alone in my thoughts, I can process, I go for walks. Um, We live by the beach, so I'm by the water pretty regularly. I'll walk through a park. Sometimes I go for a drive. But again, it is just, it is one of the most effective and efficient ways that I know to fill up my love tank. And I've made it a regular part of my life so that even if I don't get quality interactions with people around me, I'm still guaranteed to get something on my own. So that is what I mean when I say getting your needs met on your own using the love languages. It can be really powerful and really effective. And what I like about this approach is it gives guys the empowerment to actually take the situation into their own hands. So in a relationship context, you know, you are looking for people to give you those words. You're looking for people to spend that time with you. But in a recovery context, it's not necessarily doing that with others, although you should as well. But it's finding ways to experience these love languages with yourself. Highly recommended. And I find it supremely valuable. Now, let me give you another example of one of my clients. And he's probably um, he's had one of the best breakthroughs in this program. And his recovery journey was simply um, learning to get his needs met in healthy ways, like we talked about, and specifically um, through these love languages. Now, his primary love language was not quality time or words of affirmation. I've kind of given you some examples for that out of my own life. His uh, His top love language was physical touch. Now, if you think about that, like in a porn recovery context, it's a little bit awkward to talk about getting your needs met when physical touch is your love language. That's just kind of bizarre. But what he found is that uh, for him, there was just one simple thing that he did that really helped him get his love tank filled in a healthy way and in a way that actually really meant a lot to him. And it was going for massages. So he's a physical touch guy. And for him, when he is getting massaged, he uh, feels the release in his body And it's a way that he feels looked after and taken care of. And he doesn't have a a specific masseuse he goes to. So it's not like building this relationship. It's just about him going and getting that experience and regularly reminding himself with his money and with his time that his love languages matter and that he's worth investing in enough to get a massage. And I think he was doing a massage about a monthly basis. So this is what I mean when I say you can use your love languages to really get your needs met, to look after yourself, and to regularly remind yourself that you are worth taking care of, that you actually deserve that kind of treatment. And that is really what we, that's what we do here at Deep Clean, and it's something I wanted wanted to encourage you with today. Now, there are two more love languages we haven't talked about, acts of service and gifts. And yes, there are ways to love yourself using these love languages as well. So for gifts, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. But if you want to do it regularly, I encourage guys to just set aside whatever amount you can afford. It could be as little as $10 and it could be as much as $100 or 1000 Like It depends on your budget. But on a regular basis, set aside some money to spend on yourself where you're going to get yourself a gift something that you like. And you know there's some great companies out there that have like um w- uh men's grooming services or they'll send you like a kit every month with different like creams and oils and you know lotions for your beard and you know there's different things you can do. You can do it however you want. But if gifts is the primary way that you receive love, you would be crazy not to do this and do it on a regular basis. And it it could be it could be honestly anything, but I I just let me give you permission to do that, to get your love languages, uh, your love met in that way, to fill up your love tank that way. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, And the other way, acts of service. So if you're an acts of service guy, you will have to do a little bit of kind of uh guessing and checking, figuring out um what is it that actually helps me feel love? Which acts of service is it? Is it doing something like, um, for an for an example, like a massage could actually double up as an act of service. It's somebody doing a service for you that benefits you. Um, if it's not something like that, uh, then I don't know, maybe it's having a project around the house, a project that's going to add some color or some value to the home, something that's going to, I don't know, come improve it cosmetically. It really just depends on on what it it is for you that makes you feel loved. Um, You know, people who receive uh, love through acts of service in a relationship context, it's usually like cleaning around the house, doing chores. um, You know, uh, sometimes it's cooking for the other person. It really just depends on what it is. But once you discover what those things are, find ways to do them regularly. And this is where I want it to land is... It is one thing to know your love language profile. It's one thing to say, yeah, this is how I feel loved. And this is what's going to help me, uh, you know, keep my love tank full. But it's another thing to actually set up your life so that your love tank is being filled on a regular basis. A lot of people approach love languages with a survival mentality. It's like, okay, well, when I'm not doing so well, then I'll figure out a way to kind of get my needs met and you know, act on the love languages. That is not healthy living. Healthy living is proactively engaging in your love languages as a regular part of your life. So for me, I mentioned that I have this document. The document is kind of my lifeline. I refer to that document, which is chock full of words of affirmations that people have spoken over me over the years. I refer to this as I need it. And I do kind of have a routine, probably once or twice a week, I'm in that document, I'm reading it through, and I'm encouraging myself and filling my love tank that way. Quality time is something that I just schedule every single week. So every Saturday, I have a few hours in the afternoon, and I either go for a walk, go for a drive, I do something alone, something where I'm just able to kind of rejuvenate and recuperate on my own and it's really, really good for my love tank. Now, I have other things that I do as well that involve other people. You know, I have one friend that I talk with him on the phone for at least 20 minutes every single week. We've done it for eight years. I have other friends that I see pretty regularly. Every week or every other week, I'm usually going out for a drink with them or we're over at their place, they're over at ours. So these are the kinds of things that that we do on a regular basis that involve other people. But for the scope of today's podcast, I wanted to talk about how it involves um, you know, a personal, just I guess on a more personal level in the recovery context, because I know that some of you may not have other people you can engage with to satisfy your love languages. So that is um, that is kind of the crux of it for today's episode. So just to summarize, we all have the five love languages, and these are five different ways that you and I experience love. Some of these love languages will impact us more deeply than others. So the goal is to, number one, take the love love language test. It's a simple, like I don't know, maybe 10 minute test. It's free of charge, I'll put the link in the show notes. Find out your profile. Once you find out your profile, take your top love languages, whatever the top ones are, and find ways to integrate those into your life on a regular basis. Now, what happened for my clients, the, the guy I was talking about is as he started to get massages on a regular basis and just regularly had that reminder in his life that I am valuable. My love languages matter and my needs are worth getting met. His appetite for porn started to disappear and, and little by little, he weaned himself off of it. And it wasn't like he had to like be really intelligent, uh, in, uh, what's the word? Intentional. I was trying to say diligent and intentional at the same time. It came out as intelligent. That's not the right word. It, he had to be, it's not like he had to be super diligent and try really hard. It was just by focusing on a few of the simple things that helped his heart stay healthy. His desire for porn went away in the process. And you're going to find the same thing as you find ways to get your needs met in a healthy way you are going to find that your need for pornography and other things like it is going to disappear. And that is my biggest encouragement to you today is as you are pursuing freedom, take the love language profile test and then find ways to integrate this into your life. Start with your top love language and just try something this week. Try something that is going to satisfy it and notice the difference. Notice how your heart feels and watch how it compares to your appetite for porn or other sexual misbehavior, you are going to notice a huge difference as you engage with it. And as you integrate it more into your regular life, your overall health and quality of life improves and you make better decisions as a result. So, hey, thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Uh, Thanks to those of you who have been commenting on my live here. I love it. Love seeing the comments. Thank you so much. And, um, and I'm excited to do more of this. If you're on clubhouse, you can follow me. I'm Sathya Sam. I think I'm, am I Sathya Sam? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm Sathya Sam on clubhouse. You can find me there and uh, we're going to be going live on Instagram and clubhouse for the foreseeable future. Cause this is fun and I'm really enjoying it. And if you haven't got your hands on the ultimate recovery guide yet, I highly encourage you to do that. It's my five best practices for overcoming porn in the shortest amount of time possible. You can get that at ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have an amazing day. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The New Man Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, you can share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest, please sign up for the weekly newsletter at www.sathiasam.com or follow on Instagram at sathiamesam.